Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the LFC Red Post podcast. Tonight I'm joined as usual by Tom Keegan and Pete Warburton and tonight we're also joined by Ben Kent Senior to discuss all things Liverpool and look forward to the upcoming games in Singapore. But we'll start tonight with the departure of Jordan Henderson. A bit of a controversial move by Jordan. It'll be interesting to see what the lads think of his his departure to Saudi Arabia. I've got my old views on it, but I'll let the lads go first. And who shall I let, uh, in the middle of the cricket season, who shall let take the new ball? Go on, Ben, as you're the guest, we'll let, we'll let you open the baton. So what do you make of, of Hendo going to Saudi Arabia? Uh, good introduction, Les, because I'm also a big cricket fan. Um, so I've got mixed feelings um, because Jordan Henderson has shown himself to be a leader and a true gentleman during COVID and um, issues regarding uh, discrimination against, uh, you know, uh, various gay organisations. So I'm disappointed because moving to Saudi Arabia is a smack in the face to that. So that's what, that's the negative side for me. Um, On a positive side, um, I think his days at Liverpool were, were very, very limited and he's made uh, a move to continue playing first-team football. And I can't say secure himself financially, because I can't believe for one second he's not financially secure. So I think the only reason he's going is um, to continue playing his career. So I've got mixed feelings over the move, but I wish him well. Tom? Yeah, similar, similar, Les. I think I looked at Jordan Lennon in, in a funny way, you know, Earlier on, when he first came at Liverpool, I was unsure about him as a player. You know what I thought? He was he, he was a bit limited at first, but he wore in and he, he proved to be a brilliant player. Great, He was a brilliant leader for, for the club. You can't fault his leadership qualities. And also, not just that, when you when you listen to all the ex all the players talking about how he introduced when he went to introduce them at the club and made them feel welcome, he's played a key role at the club. And I think from that point of view, I think that will be bad, badly missed. I think like Ben, I think his his playing days were you know he would have been limited this season. I don't think he would have got that many games to be honest. And I look at it, I look at it this way that. I, I used to be devastated when players left the club. You know, when you, when you look and certain players go and you, you, it really got to you, you know. But now I think it's a job to these lads at the end of the day. You know, like, and, and he moves on. I, I look at it from Liverpool. We got 12 and a half for him. We paid 16 when we, when we bought him. We've He's given us the best years of his career. And so, you know, overall, I wish the lad really well in the, in the future. And I, you know, I hope he has you know, a bit of success over there in Saudi Arabia. Pete? Yeah, I think we all feel the same, to be honest. Like, um, I mean, I was one of his doubters earlier on in his career, a bit like Tom was. And even when the, 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 pre, you know, the proposed move, if it was going to happen to Fulham in that swap deal, I was I was okay with that to be honest because at the time I think we did need a striker that could put the ball in the net but I'm glad he stayed and he he, he proved he proved me wrong to be honest 
Um, we are going to miss him off the pitch as well as on. I think obviously his playing time is going to be even more limited this season. Um, and, you know, he's made this decision. I wish he'd have just gone even somewhere else in the Premier League or to, you know, to a club in Europe. Um, that's for him and his conscience to decide, you know, to go to Saudi. But like Ben said, he, you know, he's been a champion of these, um, you know, the, the gay rights movements, if you want, the rainbow laces and stuff like that. And it just seems an odd call, really. Um, and, and again, sort of reiterate what Ben said, you know, we've read that he's got, his family's going to be financially secure, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they already are. They're all rich, rich, rich people. These, uh, you know, footballers at the, at the top end of the Premier League. But yeah, I wish him well. I hope it works for him. And as I say, there's, there's a, it's tinged with a bit of disappointment that he's probably going to get some flack from people, and he probably wasn't. You know, that that wasn't really the way that you wanted him to leave the club, but. A bit like Tom said, I mean, I, I was gutted when Kevin Keegan left and, and there hasn't been many since then who's left that have, have really been upset over maybe Luis Suarez when he went. Um, but, you know, players come and go and, you know, there'll be, there'll be replacements coming in. Um, it's going to be interesting. We'll probably talk about it later who we think should maybe now be the captain. Um, I think there's a clear favourite with everyone out there, but we'll discuss that, for, you know, later on in the programme. From my point of view, um, I agree with a lot of what you've all said, but there's there's a few things that sit very uncomfortable with me. As I say, I can understand, you know, Jordan Henderson walking out of Liverpool as a legend. I've been a Jordan Henderson fan. I'm not one of these people who, who've sort of, you know, never rated him. I always have thought he's been a very, very good player. I don't think he's ever been a world-class player, but he's been a very good player and he's been a, a superb captain for Liverpool. And I think that for him to, to go out the way he has done, to me, and to where he's gone, has left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. And why I say that is, is because I, I turn the clock back two years to when the likes of Trent, Virgil, Andy Robertson, Alisson, a few others all signed new contracts. And just towards again, at the start of pre-season, Jordan Henderson, through his agents, went to the press and said, oh, I've got offers to go somewhere else. If I'm not given a new contract, then I'll probably leave. Now, at the time, Jordan Henderson was 31 years of age. He still had two years left on his current contract and there was no way that he should have been given a new contract at that time. The club should have told him, you're not going anywhere. You're the captain of this football club. You've still got two years on your contract that you signed a few years ago. And we'll sit down with you at the end of the coming season and decide whether you know, we're going to offer you a new contract or whether we're not. So Jordan Henderson played the game with his agents to get himself a new contract which he got. Then over the, over the start of the summer, these rumours started coming out about him going to Saudi Arabia. And he quickly got knocked back. But to me, when I, when I watched the Inside Training programme on YouTube on the first day back of training, Jordan Henderson 
wasn't the leader that we all know and love. He was very distant, I would say. There was no real enthusiasm in what he was doing. It didn't show him going to meet you know, McAllister and Sabozliai to welcome them in. And I thought then there was something there was something not right. And then a few days later, you know, this sort of move is sort of leaked against the press. But what makes it worse is that him and his agents are expecting Liverpool to let him go on a free transfer. Now, he, he wanted a new contract two years ago, which he got, right? People people were sort of expecting him to be a key part, maybe not in the you know, in the start and 11 all the time, but certainly behind the scenes in helping, you know, the new Liverpool develop, be like a, a father figure, somebody who possibly, you know, at the end of his contract could have possibly been looked at as possibly going on to the coaching staff and staying at Liverpool. So I'm disappointed in the way he's left Liverpool and I'm also disappointed that he's let down a lot of people who he supported, um, you know, like Andy from Cop Outs, you know, who, who, he, who he supported the LGBTQ, um, you know, their rights and the rainbow laces and stuff like that. And he come out as, you know, as a stone supporter of them. Jordan Henderson is an poorly paid footballer. He was on, reportedly, you know, a weekly wage of 200 grand. His family is already financially secure for the rest of their lives. There's no, there was no way he needed to go to Saudi Arabia and to go to a team that's that, pro, that gets an average attendance of around about fifteen thousand, and they're not even one of the teams who, are, you know, who, who fight for the top honours, is a very strange move for me. Something that he's He's not a, not a, not explained as to as why he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to come up and explain. But he stood head and shoulder, you know, with all these 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 groups, you know, and sort of supported them and said, you know, if there's ever 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 anything you'd ever need, all you need to do is ask. And then you know the Saudi dollar has come, and he's took the money and run. And to me. He's let he's let Liverpool down to a degree because Liverpool haven't been able to plan for this. So Liverpool are now trying to trying to look around and do deals to get his replacements. Yet Jordan Henderson will always be a Liverpool legend for what he achieved on the field. But as a man, I think he's let himself down by what he's done, and he's let a lot of people down who've supported them through, you know, who he supported and had the support back through some difficult times that they've had. So on that side of things, I'm disappointed. I'm sure that in the, in the future this season, I'm sure that Jordan Henderson will turn up at Anfield for a game. And if he comes out at half-time, you know, I'll give him, you know, a, a cheer and, and applaud him as a thank you for all he achieved on the field. But I just think he's let himself down and he's let his legacy down by, by making this move. As you said, 
the money side of things, it's a decent deal for Liverpool getting the old 12 million plus add-ons that will probably get Liverpool maybe even a little bit of a profit in terms of the fee they paid for them. But I just think from Jordan Henderson's point of view to to go and, and sort of negotiate this move behind Liverpool's back is not a good look for for one of the, you know, in people's eyes, he was the best captains that Liverpool have ever had. So for me, you know, I'm disappointed with the way he's left the football club, yet he'll always be a legend on the field, but he's let himself down. Well, so, yeah. Obviously, you know, we're disappointed, but would you say the same about Bobby Firmino? I know he left in different circumstances. We knew for a while he was going to leave. But because of the, because of the, you know where he's gone to, do you, do you feel the same? You know about Bobby Firmino's move and possibly Fab's move later this week. No, I think the difference for me is that the difference for me is that what Jordan Henderson did, sort of publicly supporting, you know, like the Rainbow Laces appeal. So he stood shoulder to shoulder with them. He's come out in public and supported them. None of the other players have done that to public. And obviously, you know, they've got to live with their own conscience. But for Hendo, that's the difference for me, is that he come out and stood shoulder to shoulder with the likes of Andy's group from Cop Outs. You know, met them on several occasions, always said, you know, if there was ever anything he could do for them, you know, he only had to ask. And I know by by reading their statements and listening to a few things that Andy had said, they feel extremely let down by him. Mm. Uh, Do you know what, Les? Don't you think it's pretty... You, you're taking it a bit personal, you know. I think I really... I, at the end of the day, he's a, he's a footballer at the end of the day. And it's his job. You know, like, at the end, it doesn't matter how we feel as, as football supporters... And he's let people down. Yeah, he probably has done. And it, and it, but you know what? As Peter said, as Peter said, though, he, he, he's not the only one. Do you know, like, they all took the money, you do all the same people in the World Cup. Gary Lineker, all these people who, who sitting there had the same philosophies as Jordan Anderson, all went. All went to the to the World Cup. All took the Saudi the, the Qatar dollar, but he wasn't. Nobody else was held up to the same scrutiny as as Jordan Henderson's been. And I it's, think it's what happens. Tom. It's what happens, Tom. Though when you when you nail your colours to the past, right? You're there. You're you're saying to yourself, right? I'm an example, and I'm going to support you, right? But at the end of the day. He's now sort of gone to a country that that sort of, you know, you know what they the way they treat those sorts of people, you know, they don't even recognise them. So, yeah. so basically, basically, if Andy or any of the cop outs went over there, they wouldn't be welcome. And there's somebody who is stood shoulder to shoulder. As I said, you know, it's I'm just giving you my point of view. I'm Ooh. disappointed because you know. If if Sunderland had got got promoted through the playoffs last season, and Jordan Henderson had announced, "Yo, I'd love to go back to Sunderland now. I'm 33. I feel as though, yo, my best years are behind me. I've got a couple of years left at the top. Yo, I want to go and help my own town, own town club 
you know, in the Premier League for the first season, guide some of the young players through. You know, something, you know, he'd have got, he'd have got a fantastic sort of um, farewell from everybody. And as I said to you, I will still give him a decent send-off if he comes back at Anfield. I just think, in a way, he's let himself down a little bit because of the way he nailed his colours to the mast in supporting these organisations and now, basically, he's turned his back on them. Now, it could be it could be that he goes over there and tries to educate people about, mm-hmm. about what it's all about. But yeah. until, he, until, until that happens or until he comes out and says things like that, then, then there's always going to be that, that question mark hanging over his motives. And that's just, that's just my point of view. Why? Why? That's the difference between the likes of him and you know Fabinho and the likes of Bobby Firmino who's gone there, or any other player who's gone from the Premier League, you know, to to play in in, in that competition. Because Les, he, can I come in on this point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I hear what everybody's saying, and I want to bring up two points. One, I think Tom uh, touched on a very, very good point, and that is. Basically, now, when we grew up, we had footballers who were idols and they played for the club. And very seldom at Liverpool, because we were like the top club, would ever people leave themselves, uh, would leave the club uh, at the top of their career. Unfortunately, in the latter years, we've seen it happen. We saw it happen with Suarez, Torres, but in hindsight, that turned out we got rid of him at the right time. So I agree what Tom says that. You shouldn't take things personal when a player leaves Liverpool because I remember when Kevin Keegan left, I was gutted. I thought, we just won the European Cup. I thought Liverpool uh, on the top of the world and we're going to go down. Then they signed this young lad from Glasgow who turned out to be even better than him. And the thing about Liverpool, it's replacing people. But what I think particularly in Jordan's Henderson's case is the case he he became an, an, an ambassador representing football clubs and football teams on various issues. I don't want to particularly go into the issues because I think we talked them to death already tonight. But he he represented them on COVID, you know, homeless families, all sorts of good causes. And when you put yourself out in that position, um, you leave yourself vulnerable. And I think unfortunately that's what's happened. As Tom said, you look at the World Cup, loads of people, like say Gary Lineker um, and all the England team were, were going to um, wear the, the rainbow armband. They all backed down. Uh, the English FA allowed us to play in that environment. If we were true and we believed in these things, and particularly UEFA, these things would have been put to bed a long time ago and these countries would have been banned from playing in football organisations. So... Jordan Henderson, because of his ambassadorial position, has made himself vulnerable. Yeah, that's that, that's what I'm trying to say, Ben. I'm not taking it personally that Jordan Henderson's left because, as I said on one of the podcasts, and I think I said this well on the on the show that James Pearce was on a few weeks ago, that if Liverpool wanted, based on last year's performances, if Liverpool, you know, had any sort of Ambition to challenge for the for the league again during the coming season, then Jordan Henderson couldn't start 
in my mind, any more than nine games. Right. And he also said on that podcast that there would be a world, if you like, in which, apart from the likes of Curtis Jones, Pesketic, and to a lesser extent, Harvey Elliott, right, there was a case for all the existing midfielders based on last season performances all to be sold. So I'm I'm not against Jordan Henderson leaving. I'm against the way it's happened. And, and he's known, he's known for, for weeks what was going to happen. And he's been negotiating, you know, with, with the Saudis through his agents for weeks before they come back to pre-season, knowing that this was going to happen. Because we've uh, done the same with McAllister, didn't we? We've done the same with McAllister. We found out about... Uh, about do you know that's what I'm saying about about football? It's 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 changed now. You know the the world that we that we that we love about the football and the football that we love no longer exists. Do you know like what James said to us the other the other day? You they go out now and they, they negotiate with the agents. The club go out. Sound the player out. Everything is done with the player while he's still at the other club. Everybody, mm. it doesn't matter which club. We've done it with McAllister. We've probably done it with Subosla. We're probably doing it the same with Latvia. You know, it, mm. that's that's. Do you know that's the way I look at it now? And and I'm like Ben, Ben and Peter. I, I think Kevin Keegan. Disappointed me. Torres broke my heart when he when he, when he went. I've never and I've looked at football ever since. Totally different. I don't I don't believe any any player that kisses his badge and tells us how wonderful everything is at the club. At the end of the day, then players will walk away. And you know, I always remember Kenny Dalglish saying something, and I tweeted it recently. Do you know? And I think it's a thing that I always that always remind, reminds me of is when he's about Luis Suarez. When somebody asked him after Suarez had gone, what would Liverpool be able to get over Luis Suarez leaving the club? And he said he said a funny thing. He said, in a hundred years, Liverpool Football Club will still be a big football club when we're all dead and gone. And, he, and that is that is it. He, Jordan Henderson's gone. <laughs> Fabinho will go next week. I'm disappointed that Fabinho has gone as well. Exactly the same in the manner as you said that he went. I'm disappointed at that. At the end, they've gone and we move on. We look at what we we look at what we're going to bring in and we look at what we've got and we build for that. And like I, I loved and I, I wish Jordan Anderson the best and everything, but he's gone. And that's the same as Fabinho next week. Or, or probably in the next two days, he'll be the same. He'll be gone, and then I'll, I'll, as I thank him for the job he'd done. And but uh, at the end, of, I'll be, I'm looking to the next season, looking to what we've got and the players we've got, and what we're going to do next season, rather than dwelling on you know what we've lost. I think, I think, I think we've done that too long, Liverpool. I think now we we should be now. Focusing on who, what we're going to bring in, mm. I think because I was I said to you earlier I was gutted that the fact that he went and trained and met players from the other the other teams before did before did actually left Liverpool Football Club. I found that the most disgusting thing. But again, as, as I said to you before, 
that that's the modern football where we live now. There's, the loyalty is. You know, I'm not. As I say, that's not. That's what I'm saying. Well, Daniel fans are loyal. Yeah, yeah. This has been going on for years. Like, like we've all gone on about Kevin Keegan. He was like, he was he was like the biggest one when I was a, a teenager. Christ, Kevin Keegan's left. We're going to end up in the fourth division. But when you look at it now, I mean, it's odds on Fabino's going because he's not going to Singapore. But that leaves Thiago really as the the elder statesman of the midfield, if you want. And it can work. I mean, we've got to bring more legs in. It sounds like the Lavia deal is going to happen sooner or later. But you know, it could, it could, it, it's like a double-edged sword. I mean, we can look at it two ways. We we can think, well, do we want you know these players? I've never played together before. You know, how are they going to perform? And in the same token, you could turn around and say, well, that's the same for the opposition. The opposition haven't played against the likes of, uh, I won't say his name because I can't say it, Dominic. And, and um, you know, maybe Thiago has started. You've got Alexis McAllister and probably Lavia. You've got three new midfield players there who could start at Chelsea. So we're all thinking, oh, my God, he may not gel, he may not do this. But the opposition could have a rude awakening. You know, really does. It could yeah. work in our it could work in our favour, to be honest. Yeah, I think Ben summed it up with what I was trying to say when he said that Jordan Henderson has left himself vulnerable, and he's left himself vulnerable because of because and as I said earlier, because he's nailed his colours to masts. Mm. You know, so you know, supporting these organisations, which was rightly so, which he got well well applauded for and got lots of positive publicity about doing it, right? So with him doing what he's done without any explanation, from their point of view, they are right to feel disappointed by what he's done, mm. right? Because he stood side by side with them, and somebody stands side by side with you, then goes and does the exact opposite to what they said they were going to support you with, they are bound to be disappointed. And that's what I'm saying is, he's... He's left himself wide open to how his legacy as a Liverpool captain and the way he left Liverpool looks. I'm not on about Liverpool not replacing him or another player coming in because we've seen the better days of Jordan Henderson. Right, that's not an issue. It's morally that he's got to look in the mirror at himself in three years' time and think, right, I've got and I, all, all those notes in my bank account but was it actually worth it from what my from what my moral stand was and the number of people that I feel that feel as though I've let them down? And you've got to look at it from those people's points of view. That's all yeah, I'm you, saying. You you mentioned before, or somebody mentioned before, about maybe him voicing these concerns when he goes to Saudi. Do you think the hierarchy in Saudi are going to take one bit of notice of the lad from Sunderland? Exactly. I mean, the only thing he could do that maybe might not tarnish him so much is make some donations to these places and, and do it with you know if he's going to be mega bucks now and let's face it he's a rich man anyway maybe if he says look I've come here I mean I don't know where they're getting some of these figures some are saying he's going to be on 300 a week some are saying 700 I mean I think they just pluck any number out of 10 air to be honest he can still he can still maybe redeem himself a little bit he like, said, I think it's hard Peter, I think it's highly unlikely those causes would, yeah. would, would accept blood money. They'd consider yeah. that to be blood money and they wouldn't take it. Yeah. It's, it's, just very similar. it's just very similar to them. It's someone in the sun coming to offer 
Liverpool supporters' money. Right, yeah, yeah. we tell them, we tell them to go forth and multiply, and just feel as Liverpool supporters how you would feel if if certain groups of Liverpool supporters or a Liverpool player started writing the column in the Sun. Yeah, he's let people he, he, in in their eyes. He's let them down, and some people who, who feel let down will feel let down. Other people will see. Other people will look at it from a point of view, as like I said earlier. I think, I think they've all done it. Everyone, we can we can look at every single person, and every single person is. is do you know who, who says what they believe in, and then do, mm-hmm. do the opposite? You know, I, I, I think it's. I, honest to God, I, I don't. I get what you say. I really do, and I, you know, like and his legacy. I don't know what his legacy is going to be. I'd, I'd like to think that more people, more people, are more saying. sensible. That's all I'm saying is he's put his legacy at risk. He's mm. put his legacy at risk, as Ben said before. He's left himself open for the criticism. You know, if he hadn't stood by them, right? Which is I don't know what he did. If he hadn't stood by them years ago and gone and met them and told them anything you need, just ask. This wouldn't be hardly an issue now. He'd just be going to Saudi Arabia the same as N'Golo Kanti as the same as anybody else. But he did. So he's put himself up there on the pedestal. And when you get put on the pedestal, you then sort of get open to to sort of you know the the, the, the questions that get shot at you, you know, to, to, to sort of justify what you've done. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not I'm not questioning him as a footballer, I'm not questioning him as a captain. I'm not questioning whether he should, you know, he, whether he's not a Liverpool legend or not. He's 100% a Liverpool legend and I thank him for all he's done on the pitch. And as I said before, I will still give him the biggest cheer if he comes back to Anfield. But his legacy, his, his legacy to a lot of people, and you have to understand this, is now he's put it in jeopardy. And that's all I'm saying. I'm sure you both, both, you all agree with that, that that his legacy to some people, you know, is in jeopardy. Well, listen, lads, we've had, we've been ranting on about Jordan Henderson for about twice knows how long. So now that he's gone, and obviously James Milner's gone, the captaincy and the vice captaincy is up for grabs. So have you any opinions on that? Who you think they should be captain and vice? Go on, Tom. Um, I, do you know what I think it's going to be? I think we're looking at, I think we're looking at, at Virgil, aren't we? I think most people are saying Virgil, although he does get criticised by the Dutch. I think for you know when, when he's captain the team, and I think some Liverpoolians as well say that he, his, his own game seems to suffer. I, I know a lot of people are saying I, I'd like to see Trent have a go. You know, I know I know he's 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 a little bit older than. He's a little bit older than Stevie G was. I think Stevie G was 23, wasn't he? 23, 24. Yeah. And I think Trent's on the captaincy. Tom, can I just ask you though, just just coming yeah. back here a little bit, and I'm, I'm not saying I disagree with you about Trent, but do you think that might upset Virgil, who was, who was always sort of captain whenever, you know, uh, Hendo or Millie weren't, weren't there? If suddenly Jürgen went over his head and said, Right, Trent, you're going to be captain. Do you think that? Do you think that that would affect Virgil? 
possibly less, but I think it'll be. I think I think Jürgen's probably already made his mind up who's going to be the captain, isn't he? I think. Yeah. I think to be honest, I think it is going to be Virgil, but I think if there was an outside one, I think it's more likely probably to be Trent. I would imagine. So would you have Trent as your if 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 as you say you think Virgil is going to be take the armband? Would you have Trent as your vice captain then? Tom? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Or, you know, like Mo, Mo Salah it must have a shout as well, must he? But I, I've got a feeling, now this might cause another bit of <laughs> this consternation, but I, I think this will be Mo Salah's last season. So I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, but I, I think I think it's better, I, I, I think it's better to have, if we're going to have Virgil, then to have a younger, someone younger, McAllister even has been, you know, is another one, but he's only just joined the club. That'd be a big, a big leap of faith, wouldn't it, to give McAllister the captaincy? As what uh, do you reckon, Ben? You got yeah, any views? I, yeah, yeah, I have. I mean, I'm thinking back to the Sammy Hippier scenario when mm. Sammy Hippier had the captaincy taken off it, off him, and it was given to Steven Gerrard at approximately the same age as Trent. Now, I. About a year or so ago, I thought without a shadow of a doubt, Virgil was the best centre-back in, in the world. Last season, he doesn't seem to be quite the same player. So I wonder whether or not it would be more advantageous to actually give it to Trent and play him in midfield rather than as a full-back. Um, I, if, if I was choosing the captain, cap, captain, I would give the captaincy to Trent. Do you, do you, do you think, just, just coming back here a little bit, Ben, do you think that um, you know, by giving Virgil the captain's armband, it could give him that extra little bit of responsibility and get him back to what he was you know, in the in the season we won the quadruple in the seasons before? Or do you just generally think that you know what what little arms did to him, you know, was basically now taking its toll and he played you know, the first season back after the injury, basically adrenaline got him through the season. Um, I don't know, to be honest, because um, if if Virgil's the captain, I hope he turns out to be a brilliant captain. It could go any way. Um, and you could be right, Les. He, he could be given the captaincy and the responsibility will make, it, um, make him step up to it another level. It's an opinion. I don't know. I really don't know. I actually think, I think the team is fundamentally changing. Um as, as we've all said earlier, we could have a totally new midfield out against Chelsea at the start of the season. I mean, 12 months ago, we would never, ever have dreamt we were in the position we're in now. We were the best team in the world. And then the season lasted two or three games too long and we would have won an unprecedented quadruple. Um, I think whoever's picked between those two, I think would make an excellent captain. I think the call on Mo Salah is excellent. I personally think Mo Salah has stayed much longer than I expected him to stay. Um, and he can only be thanked uh, for staying with us during this stage where we've been a bit, a bit where it's a bit of a transition. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how we perform this season. Um, but as I say, I would go with Trent. Pete, what, what, where are you going with? I, I always like. My captains, I know Stevie G played midfield, but I, I like my captains to probably be somewhere in the back four. I don't like where Larice was captain at Tottenham for a while. I, I think it has to be an outfield player. But I always like my captain to see everything that's ahead. 
he, he sees the whole game and, and whatever. Um, I think I think Virgil will get it. I think he will get the captaincy. But there's a name that hasn't been mentioned. There's a vice captain, and it could be good cop, bad cop. But you could put Robert vice captain, you know, because I wouldn't want to argue with a nutty Glaswegian if the if the goings, <laughs> you know what I mean. And and he will get them g'd up, and and he does it anyway now. Robbo, he's very vocal. Um, yeah. I think I think in time to come, I think the obvious heir to whoever is captain is is going to be Trent. I would think. Um, but by the same token of saying, you know, I want a defender as a captain, I think that's why it rules Mo out for me. And it's nothing against Mo; he's been brilliant for us. But I, I just like my I'd I'd like my captain to see everything that's ahead of him. Mo's facing the wrong way. You know he's in the he's in the front three, um. So I'd I'd give Robbo a shout. As I say, I wouldn't fancy crossing swords with him to be honest. But I think long term, I mean, how, how many years is Virgil going to be at the club? You know, you you starting to look at any anyone who's thirty plus now is, you know, could well be the next one to get on the gravy train. So, yeah, I think it will be Virgil at the start of the season. But I'd like to see Robbo as vice captain. Really would. I think for me, I think Virgil will get the captaincy for the for basically what I said before. The I just wonder how he how he would feel if he got passed over as captain for Trent. Um, and I also think Trent will probably take over as vice captain. Um, and then they'll have they'll have they'll have places on the players committee that have been vacated by by Million Hendo. So that's what I think, and I just hope that the you know, by Virgil, you know, taking the armband, the extra responsibility, you know, gives him um you know, gives him that extra little bit of a, a lift to get his to get his focus and his form back to show that he was as he was and still is, you know, in a lot of people's opinion, the best in the world. Because even though his, his form has dropped a bit, he's still as good as many. But it's just that his standards were so high that when they do drop you notice them a lot. So that that's my view. Just just going over to you, Tom, a, a minute. What you you know, with the with the state of um you know with, with Hendo and Fab, you know, Hendo out the door, Fab following him in a couple of days' time. You know, there's rumours today that you know Connor Bradley hasn't gone on the on the trip to Singapore because he's going on loan to Southampton as part of the Lavia deal. So that then leaves us with with no real cover at right back, only Joe Gomez. Just do, do you see? Uh, do you think the club have got maybe a right back lined up or somebody you can play yeah. over there, Tom? Do you know what? I don't know, Les. I, I was quite. That was one of the things. You know what? Like you before, I, I was th- I was counting the, the midfield players that we've got, and I thought, well, we've we've got. You know, like we've got like um, Pachetic and Thiago, and then you you there today that both of them haven't gone today. So even taking into consideration that they are training, but they're, they're a little bit bit off the pace, they're not going to start the season, are they? Really? So you would imagine that Trent is going to have to fit in at the right back and probably sort of concentrate at right back. So, but I don't know, Les. I, I didn't know, but I knew Bradley was. They were talking about it on Twitter that Bradley might be going on loan, which I was shocked, really, because they give him a three year deal, haven't they? Yeah, Apparently. I mean, it's only, it's only a rumour, Tom. 
But yeah. there's been no explanation that he's picked up an injury. And the, the lad who put the rumour up says he's um he's friends with his with his family and he yeah. Conor Bradley didn't want to go, but Southampton have insisted because they're losing Livramento, aren't they? So they need a right back and they've asked for Conor Bradley. But that leaves Liverpool really, really wide open because they've left they've let Ramsey go on loan to Preston. Right. You've lost James Milner who could play there. Even Jordan Henderson, he always done a stint at right back before in his Liverpool career. And then you've got um you you you're looking beyond there, and there's nobody then in the in the under twenty ones or under twenty threes who is anywhere near ready because you, you but we also lost Nico Williams last year. So you've got Trent and Joe Gomez, you know, for the for the spare right back position, but you've then got Joe Gomez for one of the centre-back positions as well, you know, because you've only got four centre-backs at the minute. So they must be, they must, you would have thought if that is the case where Conor Bradley is going to go, then they must be looking at somebody. But they're a bit hamstring, hamstrung, aren't they? Because, you know, even if Fabinho goes, they've got, they've got, they'll, they'll have two um, non-sort of homegrown spaces left in the squad. So, you know, and, and Lavia can, can be counted as homegrown if he signs, can be counted as homegrown for the Premier League, but not for Europe. So we're in a bit of a pickle. Um, so, Ben, what's your thoughts? You've actually thrown uh, a curveball to me to, uh, you know, to um, quote a cricket um, scenario, because I saw Trent start in, in midfield. But as you say, we've got nobody who, who can play at right back. I I don't feel comfortable with Joe Gomez at right back, although he did end the season on a good run. He played well at right back. And I believe Jürgen Klopp believes he, he can be a good right back. I think that would be our only option. Yeah, Pete, what, 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 what's your view? I mean, that Phillips is still around, but he's yeah. been, he hasn't changed yet because he's... He's injured. But what about Matip? You what about Matip? Who, sorry? Matip. Yeah, well, Matip's still there, but you couldn't ask Joe Matip to play it right back, could you? Oh. You know what I mean? And if he's if he's <laughs> sort of... I mean, when you think about it, if he's going to be covering one of your centre-backs, at the minute, the way I look at it, if that's true about Conor Bradley, at the minute, we've got... We've only got um, seven defenders... On the book. You know what, what Peter said the other week, though, Les? Are you wonder, are they going to play three at the back? Yeah, yeah. But if you know did, what Peter was, was saying? Yes, yeah, but if they did, we're still short the other week. Yeah, we're still short of defenders, though, aren't we? Because mm. we've only got, if you think yeah. about it, we've got Trent, Ibu, Virgil and Robbo. Yeah. Right. And then we've got <clears throat> Kostas, Gomez and Matip. They're your seven defenders. If Conor Bradley goes, there you seven defenders, and there's no way that you're going to get through between now and the, and even the end of December on with seven defenders. I think I think if, if it's true that Conor Bradley's going there, I think it might be Southampton's way of forcing they 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 hold the cards, don't be they're holding out for fifty million. And what they might be saying to Liverpool is, all right, you've offered, what was it, 35, 37 million or whatever. Tell you what, we'll go halfway. We'll, we'll meet you halfway. 
but we want Connor Bradley, and that might be a deal breaker if Liverpool say no. It's so only on loan, by the way. Sorry, it's only on loan, by the way. To do yeah, that. yeah, but it's it's probably Southampton playing hardball to be honest, and and you know they're saying, all right, you want one of our best players, you're not having him, you know, you're you're not prepared to pay the full hit that we think he's worth. Can we can we have Connor Bradley coming the other way for the season? And and then it's like you say, the Liverpool look at the situation and think, right, we're, we're going, we can get somebody in. I mean, they were linked with the, the lad from Bayern Munich, I think, were they? Um, yeah, the French lad. So you don't know. Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure there's lots of things going on out there that we, we aren't privy to, to be honest. Um, but yet it is a bit worrying that, you know, you know what Liverpool's reputation is for injuries. We might just get an injury early season. And your whole season's scuppered, isn't it? If it's such a key, you know, a key play, defensive place like right back, if we've only got um, Joe Gomez to cover it, who is also susceptible to getting knocks as well. So I'm sure there's things going on in the background. And I think Liverpool will have to weigh up. Do we want Lavia that bad that we will let um, Connor Bradley go the other way on loan? Is it worth the risk, you know? Tom, when you look through our midfield options, Apart from Stefan Pachetic, right, mm. I look at what we've got in midfield at the minute and I can't see any other midfield player that we've got who, in an emergency, could fill in in defence. Um, and, you know, because when you go back to that lockdown season when when Little Arms did Virgil, then Joe Gomez got injured with England and, um, you know, Joel Matip, eventually broke down and ended up having to go under the knife. You know, we were playing Fabinho and Henderson at centre-backs. Yeah. So now has gone. So, you know, it is it is really sort of concerning that even even the better ones underneath, if, you, if you're talking about, you know, the under-23s, Luke Chambers has is, is gone out on loan. Um, you've got Conor Bradley, who's rumoured to be going out on loan. Ramsey's gone out on loan. Reese Williams has gone up to Scotland on loan. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I mean, Kwanzaa, I think, is probably a better player than Reese Williams from what I've seen. But I don't think he's anywhere near ready to play in the Premier League at the minute. You know what I mean? So if he, you know, and then you've got Billy the Kid and he hasn't even been taken on any of the tours. So, you know, and he, he turns like the QE too. So, you know, with all due respect to him, so, you know, even even the layer below has sort of been taken away. So they must have something pipeline to get to get players in if that's what's happening with, with Connor Bradley. And again, it could be a Twitter rumor, but I'm just putting it there just in case. So what's your view, Tom? I think you're you're right, that's that it does there's nobody, is there, that you could look for from the midfield, you could drop back. Fabinho goes and Henderson's gone but you know it does make you know when we were talking about the other week Leeds were interested in Nat Phillips we surely to God we couldn't let Nat Phillips go apart from the fact that he's homegrown and and you know what he's so reliable he's not you you know he he, he doesn't get injured as much as Gomez or Matip he's been out for three months Tom has he? 
He was out for the. He was out for three months at the end of last year. There's another one, Peter. Yeah, something just passed me by. Do you reckon in an emergency? Because that's what happened when when Endo and, and Fab went back into defence. Do you reckon Curtis could do a job at right back? Do you know what he probably could? You know he 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 done well in the six, but I don't think I'd like to. I don't think I'd like to take the chance. Be, Although wouldn't be didn't Pachetic play as a centre back, Les? Yeah, but she, and as I said before, apart from Pachetic, but yeah. even even as good as he is as a midfield player, and he can play at the back, it'd still be a massive risk to sort of have to rely on an eighteen-year-old to play, you know, at centre back. And again, he's another player with the minutes. Is still working his way back to fitness, so you know it's really concerning the situation that we've got at the minute with within the squad because you know all the you know with Millie's gone as well who could who could fill you know both sorts of positions a full back either left or or right sided he's gone you know I, yeah. I expected Jordan Henderson possibly to play maybe a couple of games maybe in the Europa League. You know, it was one of the three centre backs or a right back, and um, you know that option has now gone. So it, you know you, you couldn't see you couldn't see Thiago McAllister, Sabozli, Harvey Elliott playing in any of those positions. Not even Tyler Moore. So there needs to be some, you know, as well as you know. Hopefully, we get Lavier over the line and we get another midfielder in as well. But it'd be nice to get a midfielder in who could also do a job as a centre back. So you get you know, a double edged sword out of him. I know I know for a a young Steve Nichols somewhere, eh, Ben? I'll tell you what, he's some right back, yeah. Um yeah, I would have Steve Nichol in any side. It's interesting, whilst you're all talking, I was just thinking. Who who could play in an emergency out of those players you stated? And the one I'd pick would be McAllister. But it isn't he small though to play as a as a centre back? No, as a right back. Right back, possibly, but it would yeah. be. But but that's the thing, you're then losing some a major piece. Oh yeah. That... I mean he'd be a hell of a loss in midfield, but in an emergency, I think he could do a job. But yeah, I yeah. actually think what what you said earlier. If you look at the way the team's evolving and the strength uh, of our centre-backs and the attacking nature of both Robbo and Trent, could we go for a a three uh, centre-halves with with two inverted commas wing-backs supplementing the midfield and asking uh, some of the midfielders to be a bit more defensive? Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it, Ben? We've lost lost two... Players from the right, you could possibly play right back if if uh, Connor Bradley goes to Southampton. So you're then still left with the same problem. You've got three centre backs from four. So you'd have Matip, Canate, and Virgil plus Joe Gomez. But then Joe Gomez is going to have to cover as a wing back because you've only got Trent who can play over there, and Trent can't play every game anyway. And then on the other side, okay, you could say we could. You know, we could source a switch, Robbo and, and Costas doing it. But it's just a you know, we could do with another left sided centre back and also somebody who could play right side, probably right sided centre back, right back, and possibly do a turn in midfield. 
I actually think I actually agree with I think it's what Tommy said. Phillips has never let us down. And if we were playing three centre backs, him, Canate and Virgil, I think would be quite a formidable three back. Mm. Pete, it's, what's just your a shame, it's a shame, you know, Les, because Koncheski's looking for the club and he's left oh. us. A- <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he mentioned again. He's, he's like the elephant in the room and he, he has yeah. to be mentioned every programme. But no, seriously, I, I, I really think that they're not that daft Liverpool. But if yeah. you know, they think they're going to be short. I mean, the reason we were short when Endo and Fab went back was we just had a, a midi had the bloody injuries that all this is at once. And I don't think they want to be caught with the trousers down again, Liverpool. So they certainly must be looking out there, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what I'm hopeful. But the thing is, is that, you know, this kind of Bradley thing could have just caused, caused them on the hop a little bit. Um, so, well, you know, it, it will be. It will be. Did, did you think the Lavia deal is worth sacrificing a right back, um, you know, to get the deal over the line? As I say, Southampton play strong arm tactics and say, you know, you know, unless we get Connor Bradley, it's 50 million or nothing. So, you know, it's one of them. They either stump the money up or they, they lose a, a decent right back. And then we've got to cover again. And it's ironic that we've let Ramsey go up to Scotland, you know, uh, sorry, up to Preston. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure these decisions aren't made on a whim, you know, they've, they've got to do some thinking about it, you know. I mean, what's, the, what's the state with Colwell's? Well, nobody knows. Yeah, nobody knows. Did he? I mean, he hasn't signed a new contract with Chelsea yet. <clears throat> That's the first thing to say. Liverpool, you know, according to all the, everything you're reading on in the media, Liverpool is still interested in him, but he's still got two years left on his contract with Chelsea. So Chelsea basically hold all the cards there. Mm. You know, that will be one that I think Liverpool will will still be looking at and hoping to do by the end of the window. But whether they get it over the line or not, you know, I wouldn't be putting your money on it, never mind mine. Um, so, so who knows? But, but you know, just changing can the... I, can I ask a question, Les? Yeah. If, if we're going so crazy to add midfielders, which it appears we are doing, and it just makes me think of last season, the way we went overboard on forwards, and it could possibly leave us weak at the back... Do you think Thiago is going to go? Because my gut feeling is he's going to leave as well. Ben, again, it, nothing would surprise me what would happen between now and the end of the transfer window. I mean, you're yeah. looking at Thiago. You know, he hasn't he hasn't kicked the ball since I don't think maybe February March time last season. He's had his operation. He's come back for pre season. He hasn't played in a pre season game yet. He's not going to Singapore. There's one game left when they come back from Singapore, you know, which is the game of Preston, you know, um, on, on on Monday, a week on Monday. So, you know, you know, you, you just can't expect them to sort of. Is, is he effectively so unreliable that we yeah. can't bank on him? That's right, but then that's another that's another body that you'd need to that you'd need to fill. You know what I mean? If Thiago was to go. Then basically, which again, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't completely surprise me. Um, and that's why I think they're looking at Lavia at the expense of a fullback. Well, do you need don't forget, if, you know, if you if you think about it, if Thiago does go, right, then you'll have lost. Forget about Arthur, 
because Arthur never played. But, you know, so you've lost Cater Oxlade-Chamberlain. Then you've lost Henderson, Fabinho and Thiago, plus Cavalier. And Milner. And Milner. So, and we'd only brought in and McAllister. Yeah. So, obviously, the, the, the agent need there is just as agent need for midfielders as it is for, for defenders. Okay. So, we we agree in strengthening midfield. Uh, we also agree we need to get cover for a full-back position. Where's the money coming from? Well, that, that's the that's the sixty four thousand dollar question. Is it? But they've saved they've saved their wedge. They've saved around forty eight million pound a year, haven't they, on wages? Because all okay. the IA have basically gone out the door. So they've saved that amount in wages. They're also getting in around about fifty two million with add-ons for Henderson, you know, and and um, Fabinho, and you know, as I say, the you know. They've known that this is coming, and who knows, Ben? You know, there's a rumor going round that Tommy's mentioned before yeah. about you know the Singapore. Go on, Tom. Yeah, about the Singapore. The lad, the lad who, who, who come up on, keeps on on Twitter. He was on, and um, he works in finance. He 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 adamant that it's going to be done on the 29th. He said he's got. He said doesn't care about. He said the people can come and, and have a go and whatever. He's been saying this for about two months. All because Mike Gordon registered this GIC, which is a Singapore is an investment group. And um, he, he was named as one of the people. And this, this fellow works in the city. And he's nailed his. He's nailed upsets of Les all the way through. He's gonna. It's gonna be the. It's gonna be one of the great. It's gonna be the one of the biggest disappointments that we've ever seen. So or they be the greatest, or, the greatest, or one of the greatest things that's, that's ever as they arrive in Singapore on the 29th of, of July. This is announced. So would they be putting? A, would they be buying a partial share in Liverpool? What he what he said what he said Ben which which was, yeah. which was crazy he said they they bought they bought thirty three percent of of the club at at, at one point two billion no which values the club at four billion yeah 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 it doesn't add up that it's it, it's not even that is it but uh, I know what you're saying um, but what I know about FSG and if you just look at them. They've just announced a big expenditure in Boston, uh, and the court and all sorts of partners and all the and uh, all the other projects they've got, and the investing in the infrastructure like Man City have done in East Manchester, uh, and they, I think what I've heard at FSGC is they can't get over what a cash cow Liverpool Football Club is. It's beyond their wildest dreams. I don't think even when they took it on, they realised the potential of Liverpool. And I think they, they want, I think they want to keep the majority shareholding. So I can't see a thirty three percent share of the club being sold. I really do you know, can't. Do you know what? No, when I look at it, no, the way I look at it, Ben, it's only yeah, a on. cash cow. It's only a cash cow if it if the team is successful. Totally, mm. totally, it's, totally. It soon, it soon falls away when other teams like 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 in Newcastle who get investments in large amounts of money. Yeah, 
likes of Chelsea who've got an investment company and probably Manchester United. So this cash cow all of a sudden doesn't become a cash cow and you can't sit on something because it makes money. If you're not, if they're not going to be, if they're not going to be competitive, because that's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you're totally right because, I, I, I've been away and I've seen kids wearing Man City shirts abroad. You never saw that. You know what I mean? And, and it's all about success. And I agree with you. And we've had phenomenal success apart from last season over the last five or six years. We've overtaken Man United on income for the first time ever. We've got this new stand waiting to be opened, which is going to bring in a lot more revenue. Um, and I think, as you say, if we're not successful on the on the field, that's that's your biggest form of advertising. So I think that's why they've got to raise money, and I think they will be looking for uh, an input of money uh, to to buy new players. We need it, or we're going to be left behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree with that, Ben. To be honest, they need they need to get something sorted soon, and that's why you know over the next you know month and a bit. I mean, it's all right people saying, "Well, the season starts in." in just over two weeks and we need all the players in by then. You know, as long as we get, you know, the, the required players in by the close of business on transfer deadline day, then I'll be quite happy. Yeah, I'd like another couple in, you know, before the Chelsea game to give Jürgen and the, the team more options. But, you know, let's not forget the the deadline. The, the deadline is until, I think it's the 2nd of September. So, So, you know, there's still time to to sort of get the squad in order, but the, these deals with the Saudis are just you know dragging on, and they're giving us less time to yeah, be able to yeah, do it. Totally, totally. It'll be interesting to see if the if, if the Saudis pay us up front, because you know how contracts are structured, and you can pay the if we're buying somebody from uh, the UK or in Europe, you you can pay it over the length of the contract, although. They're restricting that, I think, to five years maximum now. Whether yeah. or not we can actually get in, say we got in fifty million for the combined sales of Hendo and Fab. If they got that fifty million in, that could actually fund potentially two hundred million pounds worth of transfers. Mm. Yeah. No, that's yeah. That that's you, you, you're right there, and what what you're saying. So, as I say, you know we're. It's going to be an interesting four or five weeks ahead, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, over the next sort of 24, 48 hours, they'll get the, um, the Lavia deal over the line. Um, and then we might find out then what the two reasons for Conor Bradley being absent from the Singapore tour is. So just before we finish tonight, just a quick a quick uh, couple of lines from each year. How, how sort of what were your thoughts of the pre-season so far? I'll start with you, Pete. Um, well, I, I didn't get to see the the the, the second game live because I was in where. Um, it's one of them. If you win a pre-season game, you're made up, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, we're doing this. And then if you if you lose one or or have a poor display, well, you're just getting your fitness levels up. So <laughs> you know that that's how it is. It always has been pre-season. And me being stupid, I bought a ticket for Preston, and I, I want to just see the new lads play. To be honest, so I'm hoping they have a pretty strong lineup when we play up the, up at Preston North End. Me and my lad are going up, um, but they are what they are. I mean, you know, they, they are just a glorified training session, and 
the managers of either side, I don't think are particularly bothered. I know the lad, the lad who was managing the the Austrian or the German side. I, I just saw him jumping up when they went four three up. He thought it was the World Cup final. I think. But yeah, it's it's all about fitness, and and the main thing is all about not picking injuries up. You know, the last you know the last few seasons we we picked injuries up at real inopportune moments, and hopefully we can have everyone fit and re- raring to go for that first game against Chelsea. Tom, it's been um, it's been a, mi- a bit of a mismatch because we, we've we've had a lot of kids playing, haven't we? Like we usually do in the in the first two games. I think these these next two games will tell us a lot, Les. I think it'll they'll tell us. You know, once we get to Singapore and we play uh, Bayern Munich and we play Leicester, I think we'll have a better idea of of where the fitness is up to. I would have loved to see Bacetic there today. You know, like it's going on the Singapore trip, but it's not to be. So we have to make do with what we've got. I've been impressed with the forwards, to be honest. I think all all the forwards look really sharp at the moment. I think it, in the midfield, I think McAllister's looked sharp up to now. We've looked a bit a, a, a bit patchy at the back, but again, we've we've not really played a settled side at the back, have we? So it's hard to say. But I'm sure over the next two games we'll we'll get there or thereabouts because you know I think as you say I think there's only about two this after after the how many games have we got after the the Leicester game and Bayern Munich game one Just it's one Preston game. isn't it yeah Preston's yeah. the last yeah. one isn't it mm-hmm. so we we need to be getting players game game time and more game time so I don't know it's I think preseasons like what Pete says you. You don't read too much into pre-season usually. If you have a fantastic pre-season, you think you're going to start off well. And if you have a bad one, you think, well... But it never works like that, does it? It's it's just about getting the, the fitness and bonding as a group, I suppose. I think the, 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 the players leaving will have upset a little bit of the, the mood. I think, I think we need to get, you know, like we need to get the group tight again all pulling in the same direction. And I think after this Singapore trip, he'll probably do that. Ben? Yeah, I think Tom made a very good point there about the bonding. The loss of those players, um, you could say the heart's been um, ripped out of the squad. I hope not. So, yes, the bonding of the players is really important. Um, pre-seasons, I don't really t- pay much attention to. I know that's a blase statement because... When we were great and we were the best team in the world, we'd quite often be useless in pre-season and we'd start the season off well and do things. Look at last season. We had a good pre-season. We beat City in the Charity Shield and it was a non-entity of a season. So, And you've also got players coming back at different stages and different levels of fitness. And you're playing against teams who've played more games than you in some scenarios and in other scenarios less. So it's very, very difficult to actually judge pre-season games. I think we can only judge the team when the season starts at Chelsea. One very quick point is, what's the situation over a club doctor? Because we've all been talking about injuries. Has that been sorted? Yeah, I think that was sorted last season, Ben. He, yeah. he come in, I, think, I think he come in in January or February. Yeah. After the World Cup, when it was when that appointment was made. He come from, a, I can't even where he come from, but he, he come from another club. Um, yeah. I know we're so, after the Arsenal doctor and that didn't materialise. 
Yeah, so I'm sure that's been sorted now. But yeah, yeah. Just, just just quickly on, on pre-season, I think Ben Doak's been a, a shining light in pre-season. Yeah. Like yeah. Tom said, I thought the, the forwards have looked really sharp. And to be fair, I think the the defence that played in the first half of the, the two games had done really well. You couldn't really do anything about the goal we conceded in the first game. It was a hell of a goal mm-hmm. for the box. Um, and the second game, that team kept a clean sheet. There was only Adrian giving a, a silly pass to McConnell that started the mayhem in the in the second game. But Nunes has been a positive. And as I say, as of all the forwards. So, you know, just hope that over the next sort of couple of games when they're in Singapore, we'll see more cohesion in the team, the team playing, you know, for longer. And we'll get a better idea of the shape um, but it looks as though, from what the players they took out there, it looks as though it's going to be Gomez at right back with um, with Virgil Ibuin and Robbo and Trent playing in midfield with with McAllister and Sabosley. I would have thought and then you pick your, your Salad and two other forwards, whoever's going to play. That's the way it seems to me at the minute. But obviously that can change with with people playing well in the in the remaining two games and obviously maybe a couple of transfers happening. But, you know, only time will tell on that one. So at that point, you know, we'll wrap up tonight's show. Once again, I'd like to thank Tom and Pete, as always, for, for being my partners in crime and thank special guest Ben Kent for joining us tonight on his debut on the Red Poets podcast. We hope you'll join us again, you know, soon as, and throughout the, the coming season. And once again, as I always finish off and say, justice for the 97, don't bite the sun, you'll never walk alone and see it all soon.